your team is not going to reach its full potential until you are leveraging the strengths of your team members. The, the role of good teamwork is to make sure that everyone's strengths are fully maximized and everyone's weaknesses are completely irrelevant. When you have a good mm-hmm. team, I hand the ball to the right person at the right time so that they can carry that thing forward. Just because somebody has the leadership responsibility, they're the manager, they have the authority, that doesn't mean that they have the ability. The best right. leaders are the ones who not only have the authority but recognize the need for ability and they put the right person in the right role. Guess what? Everybody likes working in their strengths and nobody likes working in their weaknesses. Welcome to the Growability Podcast, where we equip leaders and entrepreneurs to grow scalable, effective, and generous organizations. I am your co-host, Bernie Anderson, along with the founder of Growability, Joshua McLeod. Joshua, what's our topic today? Bernie, today we are going to talk about seven tools that Growability uses to empower teamwork at any organization. You know, Bernie, my father-in-law told me that people are what make work interesting, but they're also Hmm. what make work interesting. So, you you know, (laughs) people are hardwired different. There is nothing Hmm. more important than a powerful team if you want an organization to scale and be effective. And we've got some great tools that our listeners can apply today and forever to, (laughs) to make an effective organization. Let's give our listeners an overview of the seven tools that we use to empower teamwork. Yeah. Number one is a DISC profile assessment. The second Mm -hmm. tool is the action list. The third is the Moscow organizer. This is a way to prioritize tasks. The fourth is the growability daily planner. The fifth is what we call ideal project management. The sixth is meeting mastery toolkit. This is how to maximize your meetings. And then finally, the seventh step is checklist and step list. That's a a lot. So do people really have to do all seven of those things to empower a team? Yeah. You know, Bernie, if if you don't really want to enjoy your work, and make a lot of money, you don't need to do these seven things at all. I hate but all that. But if you do, Enjoying if you want to do money. enjoy your work and make a lot of money, yes, you you do need to empower your team. It's very, very critical. Well, let's let's go ahead and jump right yeah. in, Joshua. Let's talk about the, the first growability teamwork tool, and that is our version of the DISC profile. Yeah. Why is understanding personality so important to work? So we just did a whole podcast about this and we have actually we've done lots of videos about this. Every person is going to have a different way of viewing their their world and their work. Until I understand that people are different than me and think different than mm. me, I can't I can't really go anywhere with teamwork. You really need to understand the drivers of each one of your team members. Do they want to win? Do they want to have fun? Do they want to have balance? Do they want to have reliability? Or do they value respect? Do they value freedom? Do they value consideration? Or do they value safety? When you understand that, then the work is a lot more interesting than interesting. 
<laughs> well, I mean, and really, really, at the end of the day, what you're saying, Joshua, is that you can have all of the best team building, teamwork tools in all of the world. And, and if you don't start with the fundamental understanding of personality differences, you can't really maximize your teamwork at all. Yeah, we, we're everybody's always worrying about continual improvement. What right could be more valuable or important than continually improving in communication with human beings. I mean, work is about relationship. Work is about connection and community. And so we put a lot of work into understanding all these business concepts and skills. But any organization or individual or book or anything that's telling you you need to develop all these tools but not worry about your relationships and the people that you work with every day – they're selling a bill of goods. You know, it's really critical. The foundation of teamwork is understanding and celebrating the people that you get to work with every day. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. Well, personality intelligence, that's where we start. What's the second tool that we use? Okay, so the second tool to maximize teamwork in an organization is what we call the action list. It would be really easy if we could look inside of people's heads and see what's important to them and know what's going on and be able to just, you know, know immediately like, oh, they're stressed out because this isn't done or that isn't done. We don't have that ability. Mm-hmm. The action list is a very simple tool where you you let everybody in the organization present the conversations that are important to them, the projects that are important to them, and the tasks that are important to them. And you have a central repository where you collect all of the conversations, projects, and tasks in one place. Simply having a place where people can do a a collective brain dump of, hey, here's what's going on in a place where none of those ideas are undervalued or lost. In the early 2000s, there was a lady named Marissa Mayer, and she worked at Google. And she wasn't on the C-suite and she wasn't like a major project manager. She was just a team member that worked in the organization. And she came to kind of the powers that be who are making decisions for Google. And she said, if you look at Yahoo and you look at MSN browsers, they're so cluttered. They have all these advertisements and they have all of these like, you know, grabbers and attention details and everything. What if we just made our browser a very simple and clean workspace that just said, put your question in here. And then when somebody went in to fill out that question, then Google would respond. Now, that is a completely counterintuitive idea because all of those advertisers on Yahoo and all of those advertisers on MSN are paying big dollars to put their ad right on the front of their search browser. But this idea, this was an incredible idea. And because the team at Google was willing to listen to the ideas of just anybody in the team, they took that idea and ran with it. And Google became the number one search engine that everyone uses for decades. That idea didn't come from the top down. That idea came from the bottom up where somebody had a really good idea. So one of the values of having an action list is it makes sure that the really good ideas of your team have a place to land and get considered. Another thing that's nice about this action list is the reality that you don't have to do everything that's on the list. 
<laughs> Most of the time, people in an organization just want to be heard. Having mm-hmm. an action list is a way to say, hey, I value your idea. I value the conversation you want to work on. I value the project. I value the task. I'm going to write this down. We're not, going to, we're not just going to throw it away, but we're going to make priorities and move forward. Yeah, I, that's that's so good. I love the simplicity of this, Joshua. You mentioned two things that that an action, just a simple action list yeah. does. It, it creates this big master list of all of the potential conversations, projects, tasks that your organization could work on. It's like a collective brainstorm. Yeah, exactly. Really, right? That's right. And, and it also then allows everyone in the organization to have a voice. Nobody feels left out. I may have the million dollar Google idea and I have a place to. That's exactly right. And I I think the the beauty and the simplicity of that is just fantastic to me. Yeah. it, It doesn't matter who you are in a team. You're valuable. If you are on our team, your opinion matters, your idea matters. So having an action right. list is a way for the leadership of the organization to say, hey, this isn't just blow and smoke. We actually value you. We have a place to put all these ideas that come to the team. It's critical. It's a really important tool. Well, and you're doing that as a team rather than just one person. Like, I've got, I'm, I'm the, the idea genius. guy. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, <laughs> right. I love that. So, okay. Well, tell us about then the third tool for empowering teamwork. What's the third one? Bernie, the third tool to empower teamwork is what we call a Moscow organizer. So in the dot-com- Russia. Yeah, well, not exactly. (laughs) So in in the mid-90s, there was this dot-com boom. People are starting to have all of these computers. And so software companies are just rushing to create products so that people will buy them. What software developers had to do is figure out a way to prioritize the most important things to get them out to the market so that they could win. For every piece of software that would get developed, the developers would say, hey, these are fundamental. We must do this. These are should do. We really should have this functionality. These are could do. We could do this. Or these just, we'll wait till like version seven until we're able to incorporate this thing. That practicality of looking at the tasks and items and conversations and projects before an organization is a super useful tool to start prioritizing what are the most important things to do at your organization. Moscow is actually an acronym where the O is silent. So the M stands for must do, the O is silent, the S stands for should do, the C stands for could do, the second O is silent, and then the W stands for wait for later. Once you have your action list, now I can go through each of those conversations, each of those projects, each of those tasks, and simply put a little M, S, C, or W next to each task to say, hey, is this something we must do? Is this something we should do? Is this something we could do? Or is this something we could wait for later? If you don't do that, then the mountain of tasks will just be incredibly discouraging. If you filter with Moscow, now you can create a prioritized list to make sure that your organization is competitive. Really important. Mm -hmm. Here's a really, really important aspect of creating the Moscow list. When you create your Moscow list, when you use a Moscow organizer, and when your team creates a Moscow organizer, the way that you base that must do, should do, could do, or wait for later is not on what you think. The way that you produce that must do, should do, could do, or wait for later is based on 
What does the customer need? Being right. customer-centric is fundamental if you want to have a successful organization. You know, as I think I said on our last podcast, the customer isn't always right, but they always pay the bills. I filter my Moscow list according to must do to make the customer happy, should do to make the customer happy, could do to make the customer happy, wait for later. This doesn't help the customer, <laughs> you know, or this doesn't help the customer yeah. right now. So it's really, really cool. So once you get your team to weigh in on the conversations, projects, and tasks that are on this action list, you then use the Moscow organizer to prioritize the things that must be done, should be done, could be done, or wait for later. Yeah. You know, there's, a, there's this old saying in business that is very true that's called the 80-20 rule. And the 80-20 rule says that... 20% of the activities in your organization create 80% of the results. Right. In other words, most organizations are about 20% effective. What Moscow does, what the Moscow organizer does is you don't have to be 20% effective. You could be 80% effective. The reason why we're only 20% mm -hmm. effective with our time is because we're doing a lot of could-do tasks and wait-for-later tasks and should-do tasks instead of doing the things that are must-do tasks for the good of the customer. If you use Moscow yeah. effectively, you can not only be effective with 20% of your time, but you can be effective with 80% of your time or even more. Yeah, that that's... Okay, so Joshua, this is this is really good. This is really good. I think this is a super helpful, hopefully really helpful for our listeners. But let me ask you what I think may be a very important question. Yeah. Do you really want to give your team, like as a leader, do you really want to give your team that much insight as to how you make decisions? Yeah, that's a really good question. And and I think the answer to that, Bernie, is it depends on your team. So in some organizations, the team members don't really want to be a part of the decision-making. They don't want to know what's going on. They just want to do their job. Give me a shovel. I'm mm -hmm. going to dig. That's what makes me happy. I like to do my job and go home and never think about it. You have other people that are like, well, why are we doing that? Well, why are we doing that? Well, why are we doing that? Right. And those people, I, I thought that they were just like, they had like kind of the annoying gene, that they were just born with the annoying gene. Like I, <laughs> I just needed to ask why 50 million times. Those people aren't asking why because they want to be annoying. They're asking why because they need to know. Some people need to understand, yeah. well, why? And they're going to give their best effort if they understand the why behind the what. So it really does depend yeah. on your team. If your team, like, I don't really care, then you don't, you can just say, hey, here's all your must do things. Bing. Yeah. Teams, good teams are made up of why people and what people. What people are like, mm -hmm. tell me what, I'm going to do it. Why people are like, tell me why, and I'll go do it. As a manager, to empower teamwork, as a leader at your organization, you need to make sure that you are covering both of those needs. So it's not really yeah. one or the other, it's both. And then if they don't need it, great, you still have it. If they do need it, great. That's right. You have something you can share. Okay, great. That's that's helpful. So I think we're at number four. What's the fourth tool for empowering teamwork? Bernie, in our world, the enemy of productivity is distraction. 
And Amen. We, we live in the most distracted society that has ever been, at least us here in America. We, we live in distractionville. And so the tool that we like to give to teams to empower productivity instead of distraction is the Growability Daily Planner. And this is actually something that we give to all the leaders and not just team members in organizations. And we're going to be doing a podcast about this soon, so I'm not going to dive you know deep into it, but... There are five things, five fundamentals for productivity that every leader should do every day. Like not just once a week, but every single day. These are the five things. Number one is do a brain dump. Number two is face your bullies. Number three is drive the bulldozer. Number four, invest in yourself. And number five, recognize your team and list your wins. Those won't make any sense until you listen to the podcast, but you're like, I don't have a bulldozer. It doesn't matter. Listen to the – once we break that down, then, you know, those are the five Oh, things. yeah, you got a bulldozer. Uh, you got a bulldozer. <laughs> um, but, I mean, think about, think about time management. So you have different team members on your team that each have different skills. So let's say, like, your job is to throw the ball. Well, some people can throw the golf ball. Some people can throw the tennis ball. Some people can throw the basketball. And some people can, they're, they're so strong. They've got all these amazing strengths. They can throw the bowling ball. That's awesome. You know, I mean, I'm, I want to hand a bowling ball task to somebody that can throw a bowling ball. I want to hand a golf ball task to somebody that can throw a golf ball. But here's the thing. Let's say somebody's in the middle of throwing. They're about ready to throw the bowling ball. And somebody walks up and hands them a tennis ball and a golf ball. Well, even if I was going to be able to throw that ball before, now I've got these other little things in my, in my hand. And so no matter how far I could throw that ball without all these other things in my hand, I'm never going to be able to throw it as if the only thing in my hand was the bowling ball or the golf ball or the tennis ball or whatever it is that I have in my hand. If we're distracted, it's like trying to hold too many balls at one time and like trying to put all those together, none of your tasks are going to be super effective. It's really important that you do one thing at a time and put it in a row. We've, you and I both, Joshua, have read a lot of books and articles, literature that basically disproves the myth of multitasking. That's right. So, so what, what I'm hearing you say here is that actually uh, – Making making a checklist is a really important thing to uh, to do when you're wanting to focus your time. It really is. The analogy with the balls is is good. Like, don't try to. Yeah. If I'm carrying six tennis balls, it's really hard to just throw the one. Instead, put all of those balls down in a row and pick one up at a time, and you'll be able to throw them as maximally effectively as you can. Yeah. That's that's great. It's a good good imagery there. Okay, well, let's move on to the fifth tool, Joshua. What's the fifth tool for uh, empowering a team, empowering teamwork? That's right. So, Bernie, the fifth tool for empowering teamwork is what we call ideal project management. Ideal project management. This is an acronym that uses the word ideal. I D E A L. Whenever you work on a project, there are stages from start to completion for that project. The five stages, the I is the ideate and innovate. So what are we going to do? What's our idea? What's our innovation? Why are we doing this project in the first place? The D is to decide and delegate. 
Now we got to create a plan. What's our budget? What's our time frame? The E is equip and educate. So now I got to bring the team together and give them the tools that they need to actually orchestrate and accomplish the project. And then the A is achieve and automate. This is get it done, actually do the work. Finally, once the project is done, then you want to learn and legislate. What did we learn from this project? What do we need to fully incorporate for the next time we do a project like this? In the same way that your team members have a different personality that is going to influence the actions that they take and the core values and the drivers, everyone on your team has different strengths. And using this ideal framework is a great way to see what are the different strengths of people in my organization. Some people are really good at ideation and innovation. They might have a futuristic ability or a strategic ability, or they might be like analysis and input, or just they're, they're a continual learner. Well, those people are going to be really good at ideas and innovation because they're continually studying ideas and innovation. On the decide and delegate, you have a different group of people who are really good at understanding personality differences. They have a lot of personality intelligence. They're like, Frank would be perfect for this role, but don't put Frank on this. You know, Sue could do all yeah. of these projects, but she's most valuable over here. So that decide and delegate is really good at, at you know, people have strengths in that. The uh, equipping and educate, some people are just good at management. They're good at cracking the whip and getting the job done and overseeing projects. And then some people are like we talked about before, hey, I'm good at getting it done. You give me the job, I'm going to do it. I have more energy than somebody else. Your team is not going to reach its full potential until you are leveraging the strengths of your team members. The, the role of good teamwork is to make sure that everyone's strengths are fully maximized and everyone's weaknesses are completely irrelevant. When you have a good mm -hmm. team, I hand the ball to the right person at the right time so that they can carry that thing forward. Just because somebody has the leadership responsibility, they're the manager, they have the authority, that doesn't mean that mm -hmm. they have the ability. The best right. leaders are the ones who not only have the authority, but recognize the need for ability, and they put the right person in the right role. Guess what? Everybody likes working in their strengths, and nobody likes working in their weaknesses. And if I assign tasks to team members that aren't within their skill set, then they're just going to mm -hmm. be miserable. They're part of that statistic of the 80-20 rule. They're all, you're only going to get 20% yeah. effectiveness out of this team member instead of 100% effectiveness. So it's really important if you want to maximize teamwork, maximize the strengths of everybody on your team. That is absolutely true. And, and this fifth tool leads us to the sixth tool, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's exactly right. So the sixth tool is to have really effective meetings. And at GrowAbility, we put so much work into pruning down meetings to their absolute core and then making sure that yeah. you ask the right questions to have an effective meeting. Bernie, do you know why most, most team members don't like meetings? It's not because people don't like being in the same room together. The reason right. why people don't like meetings is because they're almost always meaningless. Hmm. So an effective meeting doesn't waste any time, and it always has a point. Yeah. I, was, I was actually playing along. You're, I think you're going to like this, Bernie. I was playing with a chat GPT 
because I'm a learner and I wanted exactly. to understand like right. how do I, you know, let, oh, yeah. let's, let's play with artificial intelligence to come up with the, the okay. typical meetings that <laughs> business owners face every day. So the <laughs> first is the coffee break recap. It's a meeting scheduled okay. solely to recap what was discussed during a coffee break. <laughs> the second meeting, okay. a just in case meeting. This is a meeting scheduled as a precautionary measure, anticipating the need to discuss a potential issue or decision that may never happen. <laughs> it's a just-in-case meeting. Oh, I think I've been in that I've meeting. Been in, I've been in that meeting. Um, <laughs> this is the, or you could do the unnecessary attendee meeting. It's a meeting that includes several individuals who have no involvement or contribution towards the topic at hand. Uh, that's not even funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, this meeting is the unprepared presentation, a meeting where the presenter shares whatever pops into their head as soon as the meeting starts. Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, guilty. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like the I've beginning of our podcast. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, uh, I've got, <laughs> exactly. I've got uh, two more. The status quo check-in. A recurring meeting where participants come together to confirm that everything is progressing as planned without any updates. <laughs> and then oh, finally, no. you have the information overload. This is a meeting where one person or a team overwhelms everyone else with excessive amounts of information. Uh, yeah. Um, I, if, if, if you want to have an effective meeting, then don't do the coffee break recap or the just in case <laughs> right. meeting or the status quo check in those meetings are are what we face and so nobody likes going to meetings so how yeah. do you overcome that well you overcome that by having a really good meeting template and you want the meeting mm -hmm. to be short and you want to ask the exact right questions for the type of meeting that you're having so growability we have six meeting templates we have brainstorm template we have a project planning template. We have a weekly team check-in template. We have the project update and the project review. And then we have a monthly leadership meeting. So in my opinion, those are the necessary meetings that every leader should have a plan for and a template for so that your meetings always have a point and they always produce an effective result. Yeah, no, the templates are a powerful tool for that. So, okay, we have one more thing. What's our final tool for empowering, a t empowering teamwork at your organization? Okay, Bernie, the final tool to empower teamwork is what we call checklists and step lists. Every organization has kind of like their secret recipe for how they do what they do. Coca-Cola has the secret recipe. You know, this is what goes into Coke. And Colonel Sanders with Kentucky Fried Chicken, they have the secret recipe. The success of your organization depends not just on what you do, but how you do it. And how you do it determines the success of your organization. The reason why you can gain market share as an organization is you figure out a better way of doing what everybody else is doing in a way that produces a better result. If you can figure out how to add customer value more effectively than the next guy, then you're going to figure out how to build an organization that can scale and be profitable and really just make an impact. There's an industry term called standard operating procedure. This is how we do what we do. When you're creating a standard operating procedure, there's typically two problems that organizations run into when they're, they're writing down how it is to do what they do. 
Some people, when they're creating a standard operating procedure, make it way too complex. You know, you have to push right. the power button to turn on the computer. And then you have to move the mouse <laughs> right. to the top of the screen. And then you have to click on the icon for, instead of like load software, you know? So some right. people are like super wired for too complex. Other people make it way too simplified. To reconcile the account, reconcile the account. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> so what we discovered at Growability is there's actually four different templates that are necessary to create a standard operating procedure, to create a recipe for success uh, for each of the different initiatives that you have at your organization. If you don't have documentation for the procedures and processes and tasks that you do mm -hmm. daily or weekly or monthly, it's an immaturity in the organization. A lot of times managers are complaining about, well, this person didn't do their job and I don't know how many times I've had to tell them, you know, to do X, Y, Z like this. And I'm like, have you ever written that down? Yeah. There's so much side sideways energy complaining to team members mm -hmm. about why didn't you do their job when that energy could be put into giving every one of your team members a really powerful tool to implement and to use. One of the primary roles of a manager is to be able to give everybody on the team a simple checklist or a complex checklist or a simple step list or a complex step list for everything mm -hmm. that they do at their job so that they have the ability to be empowered to do their job without having to run and check with you every 10 minutes. Another thing is if somebody goes away from your organization and it took me five years to train this person, but I don't have anything to show and I don't have anybody to train that person. Well, you've completely lost all of that recipe. You've completely lost that ability mm -hmm. to create that secret formula that, for success for your organization. When organizations are in growth mode, they really, really focus on getting the right team members, those people that can make the perfect recipe to like, you know, mm -hmm. grow the thing. When they're in maturity, they really, really focus on systems. They focus on writing those recipes yeah. down so that everyone in the organization can actually maximize and make use of that tool, those toolkits. Yeah, no, that's so good, Joshua, because the connection here, again, back to teamwork is so important because checklists and step lists really become a part of the culture, yes. don't they? It's not just like, okay, just check check off your boxes, make sure you've got all your boxes checked, but this is how we check off the boxes. And we do this better than anybody yeah, else. There's, there's right? pride of ownership. The team members hold themselves accountable. I gave you the tools for the job. How did you do? And now let's talk about that versus do this exactly like empowering teamwork is what teamwork is about. Yeah. If you, if that's you're right. kind of like the micromanager, that's like, you know, all over people, then your checklists are just abusive and they're, they're just no good. Yeah. But if you are an empowerer, why would you not want to give your team member the very best tool that they can have to do their job? Most organizations are super underdeveloped in checklists and step lists. And one of the reasons yeah. for that is they don't have the right templates. It took us several years to actually develop templates that people actually use and work. So I'm not blaming anybody. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that's that's our seventh that's our seventh tool is the checklist yeah. and step list. 
Yeah, well, there you have it. So we have seven tools for maximizing teamwork at your organization. Seven powerful tools, I would add, for maximizing teamwork at your organization. Joshua, how can our listeners get their hands on these tools that we've talked about today? Yeah, so Bernie, like I said before, all of these seven tools are part of step three in the six-step growability process, uh, the Empower Teamwork Toolkit, and you can get that from our website for $300. You can send an email to info at growability.com or podcast at growability.com and get your hands on these toolkits. I'm not going to give you a ton of how to use it. I'm just going to give you the tools. If you're a DIY, you can hire us for coaching or consultation if you want to actually apply that tool at your organization. Yeah, yeah, that's great. That's great. Well, Joshua, we are out of time for today. So do you have any closing remarks before we say goodbye? Uh, Bernie, the the closing remark that I would have is, is to have, if you're a leader of an organization, ask yourself how effective have I been in investing in my team? Am I empowering my team to thrive and to serve our customer? If you are a leader, part of your responsibility is to empower teamwork at your organization. And there's nothing more satisfying for a leader than to have an effective and impactful team that's just out there crushing it, (laughs) uh, serving people Uh, and making the world a better place. Yeah, I love that. I love that so much. Well, that is all that we have time for today. And with that, we want to remind you that you are doing better than you think, that you have more potential than you know, and we want to thank you for growing with Growability. Please be sure to like and subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channels. And why don't you share this podcast with people you really like? We'll see you next week. We'll see you next week.